Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. Esen Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 3, More About Alcoholism, on page 40. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph at the bottom of page 40 that starts with, in this frame of mind, and ends on the top of page 41 with, not a cloud on the horizon. Today's readers are Maura Z, Marge E, Leslie M, Craig F, and Nancy P. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, March 1st, 2021, are 16,494 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 16494. And 16,496 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 16496. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maura Z to read the OA 12 Steps. Thank you, Rebecca. Maura Z, Recovering Gratefully in Virginia, 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. 2. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. 3. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Forgive me, my cat just kingled my signs. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought for prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and a power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Maura Z. I will now ask Marge E. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you very much. This is Margie, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Margie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. The illness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Her abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph at the bottom of page 40 that starts with in this frame of mind and ends on the top of page 41 with not a cloud on the horizon. I will now ask Leslie M. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. I am Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. In this frame of mind, I went about my business and for a time, all was well. I had no trouble refusing drinks and began to wonder if I had not been making too hard work of a simple matter. One day, I went to Washington to present some accounting evidence to a government bureau. I'd been out of town before during this particular dry spell, so there was nothing new about that. Physically, I felt fine. Neither did I have any pressing problems or worries. My business came off well. I was pleased and knew my partners would be too. It was the end of a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. Um, you know, this, this paragraph um, makes me think of, uh, uh, you know, my, my journey through, through OA and, and through the, the, you know, conceding to myself fully that I was a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. Um, and, it, it, you know, in here he says, if I had not been making too hard work of a simple matter, you know, and, and that's what my disease would tell me every time. Oh, yeah, you got this, you know. Oh, you've been abstinent for six months? Yeah, no problem. It's all good, you know. Um, and the other thing that, that this paragraph brought up for me was it says, um, you know, it was the end of the perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. He said he felt fine. You know, he didn't have any problems. His business had gone well. Um, and I know for myself that, you know, I know now that, I, I, you know, the reason that I overate um, is because I'm a compulsive overeater and I have the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. But, you know, even in a way, you know, I would always have to point my finger at something. The reason that I ate was because this happened or that person did this or, you know, there was always something. And, you know, and for many, many years, um, I, felt, I always felt that I, I did. I was an emotional eater, that I ate over my emotions. But that was just my, my disease and my brain trying to figure out what was going on with me. Um, and when they couldn't, they had to point their finger at something. But often, you know, my life would, would, would be on an even keel. Things would be fine. And where would I find myself as I was driving home from work? Walking around a supermarket that I hadn't planned on stopping at, you know, aimlessly looking for that perfect binge. And I was doing that because I was a compulsive overeater um, and I had the allergy and the obsession um, and no other reason. It didn't matter if I had a good day or a bad day. Um, you know, the other thing that he talks about here is, I've been out of town before during this particular dry spell, and that's often until um, until uh, you know I've, I've gotten this recovery. Um, before that, that's what all of my um, my abstinence periods were. They weren't re they weren't being recovered. They were simply being you know I was at, I was you know I was white knuckling it. You know I was abstinent at that moment, but um, as far as being recovered, that didn't happen until. Um, you know, I really worked this program and, and went through the uh, big book. And, um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie M. from New York. 
Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on an A Vision for You meeting on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph on page 40 in this frame of mind through Not a Cloud on the Horizon, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Nancy P. Wanda R. KDG. KDG from Boston. Christina J. I don't that fast, so I missed you. And Christina. Okay. okay, who did I miss? <laughs> I have Nancy, Wanda, Katie, and Christina, but I know I'm Katie G from Boston. I got you, Katie. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even know what's going on right now. Was it Sarah Sharon L? L? Sarah L? Was there a Sharon S also, or was that Sarah I heard? I guess not. Who else? Was there some others that spoke up at the same time as Nancy, Wanda, Katie, Christina, and Sarah? Deborah V from New Jersey. Deborah. Is it V as in Victor? Yes. Gotcha. Victoria L. I I think it's Tara with a T for Tom, not an S for Sarah. Oh, thank you so much. Did you get Felicia S? I didn't, but now I do. And is it F as in Frank on the end? S is in Sam. Felicia S. Thank you. And I'm so sorry. Did you get Dara L or D A R A? Oh, I think there's a Dara and a Tara. (laughs) Not not a Sarah. (laughs) Unless someone (laughs) who wasn't Tara was saying she thought it was Tara, so we'll see. You know what? I'm Sarah R. from New York, so I'll jump into just so we can Oh, Sarah R. I thought I heard something like that. Okay, so I don't, okay, so this is quite a long list. Nancy P., Wanda R., Katie G., Christina J., possibly a Tara L., Deborah V., Victoria L., Felicia S., Dara L., and Sarah R., and so, um, by all means, go right ahead, Nancy P. Hi, good morning, um, Rebecca. This is Nancy P. Um, recovered, calling from West Newton, Massachusetts, just next to Boston. So this is a great paragraph. Um, besides the fact that Fred is like has it all, you know, he's got like the little sparkle in his teeth when he smiles, and all the great job and fabulous family. He um, he is just sort of like only listening and not acting. You know, I personally um, went through, I had been in, in Overeaters Anonymous for almost five decades before I um, recovered. And every time I'd go through the steps, I even went through the big book step study pr- process once before it was a perfectly, um, you know, fine sponsor. She was very, very good. And it didn't take, I ate for 13 more years. And, um, you know, nothing happened until I went through all the steps, I thought. But, so I would go through all the steps, and still nothing would happen. And, um, you know, it wasn't so much that I had to take step one, although I had. I thought I had over and over and over again. There was one crucial missing piece, and um, I'll give you a hint. It starts with S and rhymes with surrender. You know, I, since I surrendered... I have never wondered, ever 
for one day if I had been making too hard work of a simple matter. Quite the opposite. Every day I try to do more than I did the day before. And it's not like if I was a runner, which I'd rather eat glass and drink blood, but if, if I was a runner, I could run five miles a day and the next day I could run six miles. But eventually I can't run 24 hours a day or my heart will give out and I just can't do it. But with this program, there are no adverse effects from continuing to grow, continuing to gather um, spiritual experience, continuing to um, work on my surrender. And for me, surrender precluded step one. I couldn't take step one until I surrendered. I could not do it. I wished and I wished and I wished and I wanted and I wanted and I wanted. Um, and I got nowhere until I surrendered completely. And, um, you know, that was really the only hard part for me. The rest of it wasn't hard. It wasn't comfortable, but it wasn't hard. The hardest part was surrendering. And um, the good news about that is once I did it, I was good to go. And so I don't wonder anymore. Instead, every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, I try harder than I did the day before. And far from being exhausted from the effort, my life gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Nancy P. from Massachusetts. Wanda R. Hello, this is Wanda from uh, Illinois. Uh, I thank you so much for having a meeting uh, so I could join. And I, uh, I've been in uh, OA since uh, 1974. Uh, I've been uh, abstinent since 1985. And uh, I was bulimic for 14 years. And uh, I'm I'm a gutter uh, bulimic, gutter compulsive overreader, and I did not have uh, success in my life. And uh, because I uh, had uh, a lot of abuse uh, in my childhood, so uh, I picked up the disease early. And um, I was unable to succeed very much, uh, except uh, a little bit. But uh, but I found that um, when I was 23, I'm 68, uh, away uh, threw me uh, a, <coughs> a lifeline. And um, the 12 steps went over my head at first. Uh, and for a long time, and um, I read the big book. That was our source of literature, and um, but it wasn't uh, until um, I I really comprehended, and I read, and I developed uh, that no amount of emotional growth is a defense against the first first bite. And I grew, uh, and, and that's when I changed. Uh, and I got abstinent, and uh, I, I changed and developed. And slowly, I trusted my higher power. Uh, I did the things that I was told to do, and uh, I became less resistant 
uh, less reluctant and uh, less refusing uh, the good things that the program offered me. And on vision, I find a lot of uh, truth, and truth is freeing, and it helps to keep me honest, and honesty uh, is the beginning uh, for me, and uh, that that I have to keep expanding every day and uh, learning every day and, uh, you know, enjoying more life. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Wanda R. from Illinois. Katie G. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. Recovered in Boston. I heard a recovered uh, AA guy say this morning that many don't comprehend if you're an alcoholic, you're a very sick person. And that's really what this is saying to me. You know, I mean, how many dry spells have I had? And I would um, go to an OA meeting and be like, oh, I'm great. You know, I, I, I'm abstinent. I put the food down and like everything in my life is going so well, right? Because when you stop binging and purging, when you stop going to the gym like it's your job, when you stop um, living your life at night, you know, in the bathroom, things kind of clean up, right? But the thing is, I'm a very sick person. I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And even when in early accidents things started going well, I was still sick. And so what's the problem? I did I don't get the results as the I don't get the promises as the result of step abstinent, right? I get the promises as the result of being halfway through my amends, step nine, right? And I also love that it talks about what is the frame of mind that he is in? Willpower, the ability to control one's actions, urges, emotions. Like I, my thinking is the problem. My thinking tells me I'm a victim of my life. So if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. And poor KDG, poor KDG, you don't understand me. It's not fair. My family, blah, 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 blah. And that creates all of this um, agita inside of me that the only solution for me, even on a cloudless day, is eating. Eating is a step up from how I think, right? Because my thinking is the problem. And, uh, you know, I I don't mean to offend anyone, but Vision for You is not a program. We are a Healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting where we are devoted to studying this book and understanding that if we are real compulsive overeaters, if I'm a real compulsive overeater, I'm a real sick person. And I don't graduate. And I don't say recovered to show off to any y'all. I don't. I say recovered, but the fact is, as previous people have said, I'm recovered based on today, based on what time I got up this morning, based on what, contingent on my work. I didn't ride off into the sunset of ponytails, ponytails, pony, ponies and rainbows because I got recovered. Like I'm still calling people snot-nosed, messy, crying. Spoiler alert, I still wake up with bad breath in the morning. Spoiler alert, I still have to make amends. Spoiler alert, I still have to deal with life. Life is a chronic condition, right? And life as an alcoholic, as an addict, I'm a very sick person. But the freedom, if I understand that I'm a very sick person and take action after action after action against that, I get to live with all of you one day at a time. I get to trudge with all of you one day at a time with peace. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Wanda R. 
Thank you, Katie G. from Massachusetts. Christina J. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Christina J. from the state of Washington, recovered for today. Today I'm going to try to remain calm in my spirit. I'm always so anxious when I share. Take a deep breath and talk about this. This reminds me of my dieting days. Um, because in dieting, the first two weeks there was all this hope, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And as I went along and I got some weight loss and I started looking good, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. All I have to do is stay away from these particular types of foods, and then in maintenance I can add them in a little bit. And um, all went well. <laughs> and then I thought, well, you know, I really got this now. Maybe it's just this is going to be the perfect diet. And, of course, we know that doesn't work. And when I got into program, uh, which really wasn't until Vision uh, for You meetings, um, I still didn't get it. I mean, I was a deer in the headlights for my first true year of abstinence, first couple years of abstinence. I didn't get the whole thing. So I never felt like Fred in program. Oh, I have this, da-da-da. I never felt that way. There was always this keeping on guard. And if I overate on my abstinent foods, which I thought was, you know, okay to do, um, I would just exercise more. Instead of walking 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I would go for an hour. And then it was an hour and 15 minutes. And, boy, then I was losing weight and I was doing it. You know, but I didn't get the spiritual part, and that is such a crucial part of it. Um, and somebody shared from the earlier meeting, the later meeting yesterday, about um, I didn't have another white knuckle in me, and that really spoke to me. Uh, my last diet, I just didn't have another white knuckle in me. I just couldn't do it anymore. And finally, God brought me to the fact I was standing outside uh, after a tour, and there was a there was a vending machine off in the distance, and I just walked over to it. I, I was completely. I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it. There was no spiritual connection. See, that's the, that's the key. There's nothing about doing this on ourselves. We don't have it ever. I don't have it. The only guard for this disease is God. Um, and that's what happened to me finally, uh, July of last year. Uh, I had to, as uh, one of our precious members said, I had to surrender. And what did the surrender look like? Did it make, Did I raise the white flag and say, okay, I'm surrendering, show me what's next? No, I had to go through the pain of surrender, walking away from the bite, right in the midst of a perfect Overeaters Anonymous, uh, excuse me, Overeaters, Compulsive Overeaters, perfect storm. It was a perfect storm. Nobody was there. I could have all I wanted and nobody would care. But I had to walk away from that. And that was a surrender in my bones, let me tell you. And I haven't realized the gift of that until recently. So, um, and I do, I did have a perfect day one time, and I wanted to eat. And I thought, what's wrong? And this was in my dieting days. What's wrong? Why do I want to eat? Everything's great. But, you know, it's like when you get married. You build up for months and months, and you have that perfect day, and then it's like the letdown. It's like, okay, I'm going to finish up. Okay, what's next? Well, today what's next? is God and fellows and friendship and program and looking at nature and appreciating. And the allergy is down, neutrality, and I have all of you in God. So that's the gift and the miracle. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. from the state of Washington. For those who came on the meeting late, we are sharing on the third paragraph on page 40, in this frame of mind through not a cloud on the horizon, and we still have a number of people in the queue to share. The next being Tara 
L. If I have that right. Okay, then it's Dara L. Are you available, Dara? Yeah, absolutely. Can I be heard? Yes. Great. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And this paragraph so deeply resonates with my um, my last experience of relapse, what I hope will be my last experience of relapse. Um, and what happened was uh, my external conditions were wonderful. My life looked great on the outside. And I had a lot of people sort of a lot of accolades and a lot of recognition and a lot of people sort of telling me that my life was was a way that I didn't believe it was, you know, because my internal reality didn't reflect my external conditions. And one of my dear friend's daughters committed suicide. And when he called me to tell me about it, and again, this was a time when everything in my life was going well, my first thought was, I wish I had the courage to do that. And for me, that's tied directly to the nature of the spiritual malady that, you know, I, I think actually the most painful thing in my life is to feel like, is this all there is? And when I feel that way, I'm destined to pick up the food because food, not only is it my solution, not only does it take away the pain, but it also gives me a reason for the misery that I feel. Like when I am in the food, I'm able to think that food is the problem. And if I could just stop this, I would feel better. But then stopping it, when I don't feel better, I feel like, oh, my God, someone sold me a lie. Life is a lie. I don't get it. I don't get what all of you people are getting. And, um, and thank goodness I feel that way because if I didn't feel empty in life without a spiritual program, I would have no reason for a higher power. I would have no reason to do this work. And this work makes me feel connected to people. And I am capable of being surrounded by hundreds of people and feeling existentially alone. And I know because I've experienced that. And so I love Fred's story. I think there's so much subtext, you know, that isn't that they're not saying, right? Because there weren't clouds externally, but there were seriously clouds inside of him, or at least that's what I imagine based on my own experience. And I was taught to really identify um, and to look for, you know, areas that I, that I relate. And I just, you know, that the emphasis on this being a dry spell, I remember before I picked up in 2019, um, I had five years of abstinence, back-to-back abstinence. And I, I remember thinking, like, I will never binge and purge again and kind of looking at other people eating my trigger foods and feeling like, oh, gosh, like, why would they do that, you know, and recoiling and, and having so much superiority and so much judgment and such a belief in myself. And um, thank goodness that that was unsustainable for me. And uh, with that, I'll pass. And thanks so much for your service again. Thank you, Dara L. from Pennsylvania. Deborah V. Good morning. This is Deborah V. Recovered with Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. And thanks everyone for being here this morning. Um, this reading does remind me of all the times that I was dry. 
um, in many of those times I was dry, I was in the rooms. And, um, you know, I had a lot of experience with depriving and restricting. And so it wasn't unusual for me to be eating or not eating, you know, depending on the day, the week, the month, the year, whatever. Um, And I think um, what's so interesting for me is, you know, you know, they say that putting down the food is just a mere beginning. And for me, that is so true. Um, And over the years, as I've had physical recovery, uh, I've had people say to me on many occasions, um, because they think the way that I thought, which is there's some sort of magical thing that happened. And so people will say, inevitably, when they see that I've had physical recovery, what did you do? I always find that question so interesting because I've asked that question so many times of people who have lost weight or have stabilized in their physical condition. And, you know, um, for me, I have had physical recovery in the program and have had no, um, and had had no spiritual awakening. I was just working a diet in this program and um, not working these steps. And um, I, I feel that um, the physical recovery piece and the dry spells and all of that um, are a memory that uh, was very painful for me. And um, I really uh, urge anyone who's struggling to work these steps and find someone to help guide you through them so that you can have the freedom from food and a life beyond your wildest dreams. And, and for me, having a life um, that's free of the symptoms of my disease and that lean gently into God is really just better than anything I've ever eaten in my life. Because the hole that I have in my heart is the shape of God. The hole I have in in my soul when I was eating was the shape of God. It was the very thing that I needed to get well. And um, I'm just so grateful to be here. And I'm so grateful to share um, the message of recovery, which is these 12 steps in this book that gives us the directions to stay well. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah V. from New Jersey. Victoria L. Hi, good morning. This is Victoria L., and I'm a compulsive eater in Muncie, Indiana. Um, There's two sentences that really stand out for me in today's reading, and the first one is, I had no trouble refusing drinks. You know, I've been in OA since February of 2012. I'm just coming up on five and a half months of, you know, entire abstinence, and I don't take it for granted, and um, this is usually the time I relapse, and I was going through some old photos, cleaning out my house, and I found a picture of me at Easter when I was like two or three years old. And I'm this fat, chubby little girl with chocolate smeared all over her face, all down the front of her pretty white Easter dress. And um, I don't, I take this disease extremely seriously, so I don't go walk down the aisles in the supermarket where Easter candy exists because that's like a landmine to me. 
Um, and at the same time, I've lost the craving for sugar because I have entire abstinence. Um, but I don't go and, you know, put myself in dangerous situations and tempt fate. Um, the other thing that stood out for me in here was I felt fine. Physically, I felt fine. I didn't have any pressing problems or worries. My my relapses in the past have not been over whether I feel fine or don't feel fine. There was a long period where I felt like I had a little black cloud hanging over my head and I was talking last night with my sponsor about just like living life on life's terms. And so I may have eaten more during that time or not. And I don't really remember. And right now I'm starting to get some of the gifts of recovery and we were walking through the gifts of recovery um, and they go, they extend so far beyond um, the physical abstinence and starting to lose the weight to clarity of mind and increased connection and intimacy with people and higher power and, reduction of self-sabotage and softer edges and all of that kind of stuff. But just because I physically feel fine and don't have any pressing problems doesn't mean that this disease isn't just there waiting for me. Um, I know that I have to take action on a daily basis. I've been listening to this meeting for probably four years. I rarely speak on it. I mostly listen because I've been humbled into the ground by this disease. And I'm just so, you know, and sometimes it makes me think I I don't have a lot to offer because I've relapsed so often. Um, but, you know, I'm plowing through the steps yet again. And when I get to step 12, and which will be relatively soon, and I'm ready to sponsor, then I can give it away at that point. But all I just want to say is thank you, everyone on the phone, you know, gets their service. And I love hearing voices that are new. Um, we have a, a small group of people that share a lot on the phone bridge, and when we give the opportunity for new voices to be heard, we get a new message coming to us from our higher power. Uh, and, um, yeah, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, everyone, for their service. Thank you, Victoria L. from Indiana. Felicia S. Hi, I'm Felicia S. from New Jersey. Um, thank you, everybody who has shared so far. I have a little over 50 days today. Um, this paragraph that we're reading today reminds me of something so important and just what I needed today is that it's not just when everything is chaotic, which it is today. Um, it is, uh, it's when everything feels like it's on track and there's not a cloud in the sky and everything could be okay. And I'm still at risk if I'm not working the steps of this program, if I'm not working with my sponsor, if I'm not leaving my hand in the hand of God, um, I'm not safe. You know, it's not just, oh, because everything is a mess. So the food looks good today. Everything's a mess. But it would, I would still want to be in the food or could want to be in the food even if there wasn't a cloud in the sky because I have this disease and it's powerful, it's cunning, and it's baffling. And I needed to be on this meeting this morning. I need to do my steps and I need to sit with God. So thank you for all of that. I'll pass Thank you, Felicia S. from New Jersey. 
Sarah R. Hey, this is Sarah. I'm so sorry. It's too late and I have to run into work, but thank you all for your shares. I hope to share tomorrow. Have a good day. Okay. Thanks, Sarah R. All right. Um, if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph on page 40 in the in this frame of mind through not a cloud on the horizon, please press star. Um, and Lisa BT. On Lisa BT. M. Linda D. Anita L. Wait one second. Linda D. And Anita L. And I Larry K. That's all we have time for. We'll try for you, uh, Larry. But wait, let me. Nobody else talk. Linda D. Um, was it Anita L? I already forget who the fourth person was. And then Larry K. I hope it was Anita L. I can't remember now. Okay. Let's hope I got it right, or you'll correct me. On M, Lisa B T, Linda D, I think Anita L, and maybe Larry K. If there's time, go ahead. On M. Hi, Rebecca. It's On M here from Ireland. Can you hear me? Okay. I do hear you, On M, as if you're right in my kitchen. Oh, thank you so much, Rebecca. Thanks for your service, and uh, thanks everybody on the line, and. Uh, yeah, again, a great paragraph on Fred. And uh, this this whole paragraph just reeks to me, you know, self-reliance and uh, no mental defense. And it's just about that part, you know, just being a dry drunk, really, you know. And uh, it goes on, you know, to say no trouble refusing a drink. And it was only, a, it was just a matter of time. You know, for me, it was always, you know, just thinking I had, what I needed, all I needed, and once I was abstinent, keeping the food down, that's all I wanted. Um, yeah, and I suppose that's that's where I suppose recovery, you know, before the journey starts. Um, yeah, and the essential part as well. He made, you know, he even mentioned a dry, you know, he was dry for time, and that just really, you know, home to me, being a dry drunk, and it's just, you know, putting the food down. But just having no program, and and you know it's it is that part where, you know, just when you come in first or when you're before recovery. For me, it was just all about the diet and the food and being thin. And I came in definitely, you know, I've heard it. I came in for definitely for the sanity or for the for the vanity and stayed for the sanity, and and I was a ticking time bomb. It just it's it's not you know I'm gonna never ever not be a compulsive overeater. So I'm always going to have this disease. Um, and it's, you know, he said, it, it says here, too hard to work out of the simple matter. And and I had that, and I thought I was making too hard, a, 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 you know, too hard a, a, a job out of something so simple as, as, as my food. And it just was because it wasn't denial, I think. I would think it was lack of understanding and ignorance, like it says in, the, in Bill's story about the, the physicians. And for me, it had to be the pain and getting to rock bottom and, you know, the gift of desperation and just being faced then with the truth of really what my problem was. You know, it was a twofold illness and I either stay where I was crushed by the food or I, I get in and I, I work these steps and I have a spiritual awakening and a connection with my higher power. And then I get the freedom. And that's the difference. It's the freedom from the food and also, you know, emotional sobriety. So that's all I have. I'll pass there, Rebecca, and thanks again for your service. 
Thank you, on M from Ireland. Lisa B T. Lisa, we don't hear you. Press star one to unmute. Hi, sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yes. Good morning. Hi, thank you. Um, good morning. This is Lisa BT. I live near Toronto. Um, I I just wanted to share. Uh, this is one of my first times sharing on this meeting. I love I love this meeting and thank you for the service of all who um, serve and 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 speak and listen. Um, so I have been in the rooms, twelve step rooms, since '04, uh, but I have not um, found back to back abstinence and certainly have not surrendered. And yet recently um, I found a sponsor and I've started working the steps. And it's been amazing. And um, all was going well. Um, and then this Sunday, all was going extremely well. I was at the beginning, which always for me is when I'm usually the most um, enthusiastic. I had a day where the cravings really came back. Um, and, and it surprised me because I thought, oh, well, normally when I'm at the beginning and I'm all enthusiastic um, about this new, new adventure, um, that doesn't happen. But this time it did. And as I listened this morning, um, what it reminded me is that how easy it might be, I don't know, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, to suddenly think, oh, I've been doing great for so long, I must not need this anymore. And I really heard that very loud and clear this morning, and I'm very grateful for that because I have had those thoughts. Um, And yet my life tells me, you know, I'm, I'm 63. I've had many decades to see that I have a relationship with food which is very dysfunctional and that's never been any different. So I just got a lovely message this morning um, in Fred's experience and um, recognizing that it truly is a day at a time. And if I hear a voice in my own head tell me at some point, oh, you know, you've been great, you don't need this anymore. I'm hoping that I'll remember this this conversation today on the phone. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B.T. from Toronto. Linda D. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Hmm. I'm going to share something that's very intimate. It means a lot to me, and it, I hope it's helpful. About a week ago, I was meditating, and I heard an inner voice, God, say, Where is home? H-O-M-E. And it stopped me cold. Because I knew at that instant where home was. I'm going to try to say this without crying. Home is, of course, where I live, my house. Home is with all of you, your love. But home is inside me. Home is where God is. God is everywhere. That's not theory, that's real. But I have to know that God is real. I have to know that. And I have to know that God is within me. 
And I have to experience that every single day through the most unbelievable crap sometimes that life can throw at me or you or anyone. This has been probably one of the hardest years of my life and one of the most rewarding because I know where home is for today. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Linda D. from Connecticut. Anita L. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. I haven't shared in quite a while, so I thought I would um, definitely relate in to Fred. Um, I want to back up, though, and say I think I more so relate in with Jim where uh, he had problems, you know, and resentment and ate um, probably over his his boss who took over the automobile agency that he used to own. Boy, would I be pissed off about that. <laughs> so that would set me up and give me, you know, um, the perfect reason to want to eat. And with Jim, I mean with Fred, uh, it's showing that not only can we have difficult times and take that first bite. With Fred, he had a great life and and he had a wonderful day. Yet we're going to see tomorrow how he took that first drink. And what happened uh, with me, it just brought back the memory when I was in my 20s many years ago that I went to one of those pay and weigh places for like the fifth time. And, you know, you had to jump on the scale. God, I hated that. And the shame of someone else seeing that number was incredible. So maybe that was the reason that prompted me. But there would be weeks when I would lose weight, and then there would be weeks when I would gain weight or stay the same. My point is, though, I would eat no matter what that number was. If I gained weight, I would eat to feel self-pity, poor me, you know, I can't do it, I'm a failure, all that. And then on the other hand, when the number would be become lower, I would still eat. And there was a restaurant right next door to the building or to the uh, place that I went to for this weight loss program. And I would go to celebrate the fact that I lost weight. So it didn't matter whether it was a positive or negative. And that's why I relate into both men. And I heard somebody share maybe yesterday or last week about how the jaywalker was really a gambler. I never thought of it that way. But he was gambling whether he'd get hit by a car and get that thrill. And don't I do that also every time I pick up? You know, I want to get that thrill, that ah, moment to be numbed out from whatever pain I'm feeling at the time. And the great news is that today I have a new solution, my higher power. Thank you, I will pass. Thank you, Anita L. from Pennsylvania. Larry, there's plenty of time. 
It's your turn, Larry Kay. What do you know? Hey, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for uh, for leading the meeting, Rebecca. You know, so th this uh, to to many people can feel like a war. You know, this this whole thing, but calling this a war, you know, can really be a disservice because because war inevitably leads to uh, to more war. This is not a war. It's more like a shakedown. It's very, it's very unsettling and it's confusing and it's disorienting. So, you know, and, and at this time here we are in 2021, right? And we're being asked to participate rather than fight. And surrender for me is more like a dance today. Wasn't that way when I first came, but it's more like a dance. It's as if I'm partnered to God in a dance. Now I have, have no no make no mistake. God is uh, is the principal. I'm I'm the agent in the stance here. I don't lead, but I don't. I also don't kind of limply drag, you know, along like dead weight either. Because if I'm going to be a, a dance partner to to God, uh, I'm going to be asked to be vulnerable, and I'm going to be asked to be undefended, and yet at the same time present, so I can follow the next move you know, wherever, wherever God takes us. And, you know, the, the experience of release, the letting go of my need to control and, and ultimate trust that there's something hidden. You know, God's got something hidden for us. Each step we're presented with through life here. So that, that you know, what, it, what the program for me today is it asks me to engage in the process of letting go. It's an active process to be awake, aware, conscious through the entire process, but quit the fight. No more fighting, Larry. Don't get in the boxing ring. My, if you've seen my nose, if you ever met me, it's crooked. My nose has it's been broken a few times. I'm going to get punched out in the ring here. No fight. Just, uh, just be with the dance. Be with God's dance. Rebecca, thanks so much. I'll pass with that. Okay, Larry Kay, thank you. We have a minute on the clock. Anybody want one Layla? Layla? Layla, Thank go you ahead. so much. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm grateful. I am a recovering from a compulsive over of flour and sugar and food, and I've been absent now for almost uh, three weeks, and I feel really good. And, um, yeah, and I'm gentle with myself and loving my inner child you know and I'm just so grateful like I don't have to run 10 miles every day it's like my body can't take it anymore but I can cut those stuff and exercise healthy four days a week five days a week you know three miles or six miles not 10 and um, yeah and also the starvation I go into starving binge and then binging you know three meals a day write it down turn it over and asking God for help and I've been absent and uh, the big book. So thank you so much uh, for being here and uh, I love you all. Thank you, Layla, for closing us out with a brief and point, poignant share. Okay. Um, thank you everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 
16,500. That's 16500. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Words phrase F, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the phrase. Sure, thank you. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the person who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.